Welcome to the Scottish Clans Podcast. Once again, this is Clint Edwards. I am happy to be your host today, coming to you from the land of perpetual winter. That's right. We still have, it's got to be close to a foot of snow on the ground. It's March 5th, and I'm just ready for spring. So this is me officially giving spring permission to show up and officially giving winter permission to leave because it seems like neither are inclined to take either of those options. Oh boy. But we have, we received, we were, God was good to us. We received a lot of snow this year and we'd be in a bad position if it all melted at once. We'd have some serious flooding issues. So... Maybe this very, very gradual cool, uh, well, I didn't say cool off, warm up, very gradual warm up is for the better. I, I swear though, I'm just having a rough time not seeing bare ground by now, especially when I leave the valley I live in and drop down about a thousand feet and there's bare ground everywhere and spring looks like it's at least thinking about showing up. Anyway, that's enough of my whining for today. I uh, am also coming to you from the land of little kids that don't want to go to sleep. <laughs> I don't know how many of you out there listening have trouble putting your kids down and the last thing they want to do is go to sleep. But oh my goodness, it is a huge ordeal every night. It's like the, my least favorite thing about being a parent is bedtime. There's some really sweet experiences at bedtime and then there's some things that, you know, you're just looking for a little time with you and your wife and just a little quiet time maybe and and uh whoo those kids do not want to go to bed but I won't trade them I won't trade them having kids is the I've experienced the deepest joys by far I've ever felt in my life through having a family so it's all right it's a it's a small price to pay the rough bedtime so I don't know if you can hear a kid crying in the background but that is a two-year-old that hates bedtime Anyway, on to what you tuned in for. You did not tune in to hear about the weather here or about hard bedtimes. You tuned in today to hear something about the Scottish clans. And if you looked at the title for today's episode, you tuned in today to hear about the clan Hatton. And so, if you possess any one of these surnames... It's all about you today. Starting off with actual Katen or Katen. It's spelled with a CH in Gaelic. That's always a guttural sound. Um, then, then, and there, and I actually looked this up, and there are, there are, this is, this, this surname did not go away even though the clan evolved significantly. But also, we'll be talking to you, McIntoshes, uh, Mac, McPhersons, McBains, McPhails, Shaws, Farkersons, McThomas, Richies, McGillivray, Davidson, McLeans of Doc Garach. Mac- that was McLean, not McQueen, because there's McQueens here too. And the McIntyres of Badenoch and the clan McAndrews. And that's exact. That's all the members of Clan Hatton that are listed in this Wikipedia article that I've got in front of me. Now, the Wikipedia article is not my sole source today. Uh, I, you'll notice that I am using a combination of scholarly and very non-scholarly sources. Although I should add that Wikipedia, and you'll know if you've heard 
my previous episodes on sources, is not without its virtues. They are often well cited, and they do use scholarly sources. Now, if you are familiar with that episode where I went into detail on the sources that we have for learning about Scottish clans, you will know that always in there is the Collins Scottish Clan and Family Encyclopedia by George Way and Romilly Squire. And yep, it's right in there. And so, and and you can listen to my thoughts on that particular volume in that previously mentioned episode. So go back through there. I can't remember exactly which number it was, but go back through there and and find that episode that's entitled Sources, and then there's an immediately succeeding that episode titled Problem with Sources. Actually, if you hang in there just a second, I'll actually, I'll give you the, the a- exact episode numbers for those. The Problem with Our Sources is episode 9, and the Podbean app doesn't want to... Well, it's probably my internet connection, because I'm just using my phone here, but... Um, so the problem with our sources is episode 9, and the actual episode on sources has got to be something like episode 6, I think. Anyway, just taking, giving you a ballpark figure if you want to look back through those episodes and find other information on that. So, there's some of my sources. I've got uh, one of the sources that I that is a really good source if you want to go back really to the roots of one of the main factions of the Clan Hatton is that collection of essays by John Bannerman that I've mentioned before, Kinship, Church, and Culture. And that one has a whole big section on it on the Macduff Earls of Fife, which is where we get one significant part of Clan Hatton. So let me talk about the breakdown of Clan Hatton today. Clan Hatton consists of three major categories of kindreds. The first category are the kindreds who are actually descended from Clan Hatton. And then, and that would include the McPhersons, who who disputed the Macintosh leadership of Clan Hatton on the grounds that they were actually male line descended from the earlier chiefs. So, and then, so you have, you have some of the clans that are associated with that. Then you have, and I'll go into those in more detail in a second. Then you have the Macintoshes and the different branches of their clan, and then you have other clans that are not related by blood. The Macintoshes come to the picture by marriage. I'll talk once again more about that in a second. But Macintoshes come in by marriage, and so you have the actual descendants of the original clan Hatton, that to include the McPhersons, and then you have the Macintoshes and their septs who marry in, and then you have another group of clans that are part of Clan Hatton that don't have any blood connection to the to the Clan Hatton at all. They they came in through one reason or another, and, and it what that reason is depends on the actual clan we're talking about. So we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. So let me start off with the actual descendants of the the Clan Hatton. So if you go back into the maybe early 1300s, 1200s, Clan Hatton is an actual, they're an actual regular clan like like the McLean's of Duart or the 
the Mackays of Strathnaver. They're just a, they're a clan. They're not a confederation at that time. Now, the and and I've there's different things out there on Clan Catton. There's and and none of them are terribly scholarly that I've read. Now, if you are aware of a scholarly source on Clan Catton, something like I've mentioned in previous episodes, I've mentioned the works of Aeneas um, McKinnick. I've mentioned Doctor. Uh, and then he's a professor, so I should have said doctor or, or professor. But we have Dr. Martin McGregor and his work on the McGregors and on the Campbells that he's done. These are, these are no kidding, well-researched, in-depth re- uh, writings on these different clans. And that's not what I was finding when I was looking up for material on this. So... So just keep that in mind. There's people who think that the Clan Hatton come from the Kati, which are a Gaulish tribe, and I'm thinking, really? Really? So you've, you can connect? You have solid historical evidence that connects Clan Hatton in the highlands of Scotland with a tribe in Gaul? Really? Is that right? Anyway, I'm not buying it. Um, there's some sources that say they come down from Caithness, which is Kativ in, in Gaelic, and, or in Gaelic, and... And so that would be up in the far north, north, north of Scotland. You go farther than that, you're getting into the Pentland Firth and crossing over to the Orkney Isles to the north. So that they came down from there, and that's the, the cat part. It comes from that part of Scotland. But the, really the earliest documentary evidence that we have at all of this clan, they're, they, they're coming from the western highlands near Loch Arkeg. And so they, and, and they, they descend from Gilakatan Moor, Who's the their claimed eponym? And several generations down from him, you get the chief of Clan Hatton is a, a gentleman by the name of Dougal Dahl. Dougal Dahl does not have a male heir. Now, by this time, the McPherson, the branch that would become the McPhersons, they've already branched off. Like I think it was two generations up from. Let me think. I'm looking at a. There's so on the Wikipedia article. There's actually a whole chart on this and so just take that for what it's worth it didn't didn't list a source on the chart that I could find and I'm just looking it off my phone maybe if I was looking at this on a PC it would actually show up better with more information on the on the image but from Dual Dahl if you go up two generations you have a Murch McPherson and I don't actually know if he went by McPherson which is son of the parson um, so anyway I'll just I'll just lay this out. You got Gillicatton more, then you got Darmid, then another Gillicatton, and then you got this Murich that I've mentioned. The the McPhersons branch off from this Murich. They're one of his other sons. His his primary son, the one that would inherit the chiefship of Clan Catton, was another Gillicatton, and then you have Dougal Dahl. So Dougal Dahl does not have any male heirs. He has a daughter named Eva. Now she marries the sixth chief of the Macintoshes which would be Angus Macintosh, and this happened in 1291. And th- and by the time that we get to this, the source, we're, we're pretty confident that this is, we're not back in the mists of legend slash history. This is, this is pretty solid at this point. So, without any other male heirs, the husband of Eva, daughter of the Dougal Dahl, the last... Uh, Hatton chief of the clan Hatton, so the chiefship goes to the Macintosh. Now this this is not unheard of in Scottish history. Now sometimes 
as in the case of the Gordons, this new person who marries in and, and obtains the chiefship of the clan from the outside coming in, he sometimes changes his name and adopts the name of the clan that he's now the chief of. So that's what happens with the Gordons. We had a the male line of the Gordons runs out, and a Seton marries the heiress, and that the husband there doesn't change his name, but their their son, who does inherit the chiefship of the Gordons, takes the name of Gordon rather than his father's name. So that's kind of interesting. But in this case, they did not. But they but we still have the the name of Clan Hatton exists and pushes on. But what so this is now where we we see the Clan Hatton become a confederation of tribes. Now the the Macintoshes their roots come from farther to the northeast, closer to Inverness. So to, the, to trace the origins of the Macintoshes, we've got to go back to the Macduff Earls of Fife. So we have Dunica, the, fir, the, the first. Dunica the first. He was the third Earl of Fife. Then he has a son named Shaw Macduff. Now, it doesn't say this on this diagram I'm looking at, but I did do some other research. And Shaw Macduff was awarded with lands up near Inverness, slightly to the, maybe to the south. It was the lands of Petty. And I think there was another, there was another one of those names in there. But I, anyway, they, they're awarded, Shaw Macduff is awarded lands because he took part in suppressing a rebellion of the men of, of Murray. Murray is the, it's spelled Moray for those Americans who are not familiar with this, like I had to learn that once upon a time. It's not Moray, it's Murray. And that's where you get the surname Murray. And that's another story. In fact, why, I'm just going to take a brief moment to pause and tell you about something that I, a new idea I had for future episodes. I would like to do future episodes on clan clusters. And so you can consider this the first of the clan cluster miniseries. So the... The Clan Hatton, I'm, the, the goal today is to explain what consists of the Clan Hatton and how this all came together. And then in future episodes, I'd like to look at these other clans, some of these really big clans who have branches that became clans in their own right. Now, we've, we've dabbled in this, but we've never had the point of explaining these different branches and helping it all make sense to these to some of you who are maybe newer and you're just thinking wow how many branches of Campbell's or McDonald's or McKenzie's or you could list that list goes on and on Stewart's would be another great one so and all those ones I just listed I would love to do future episodes where we lay out and some of you some of you have come from some of these backgrounds and you specifically asked about this so I know I've had requests from the McThomases. I've had requests from, uh, I know, from McAllister, the surname there. And so I've, I've and I'm, I haven't, even though I haven't got to it very promptly as per your request, but, um, and I'm, I'm not saying they said you better do it now. I'm saying they, they requested it, and this is a while later after this. Um, I am interested in doing it. So just so you know, I'm not, I'm not blowing you off. Um, in fact, you, McThomas, says you're going to be included today if you just hang in there. I quit rambling. So, yeah, that's something I'd look forward to doing in the future, and you can consider this the first of those. So we, so the the Macintoshes, you go, and that's why I bring in the that the collection of essays and that article on the Macduff Earls of Fife by John Bannerman, is because if you really want to dig into where the Macintoshes originally come from, 
that's where you go. That chapter is such good detail on where we get this name from. So if you take the Macintosh lineage way far back, you're getting into the early kings of Alaba. Yes, the that original group that includes that Kenneth McAlpin that you may be familiar with back in 843 he succeeds to the throne of well really for the first few generations starting with Kenneth McAlpin they're calling him the king of the Picts now he it's likely that it seems it's, the evidence seems to bear up that he was he was a Gael he was a Gallic speaker and he inherits the throne of the Picts they they'd been intermarrying for a while by this point and what you have also are Picts that were sent for safety reasons to Ireland as refugees. They come back and gain the throne, but guess what? Now they're heavily influenced by, where is there, a, from a Pictish culture and a P-Celtic-speaking background. For those of you who are just completely lost right now, I'm sorry. I'm just, just this, this, whole epi, this whole podcast is stream of consciousness, right? It's not scripted. I just talk about stuff. If it was scripted, that would take me so much time, and I don't do this for a living. And I just, as you heard earlier, barely put kids to bed. And so, the the early some of these earlier kings of of the Picts, they're in, they go they take refuge in Ireland, and now they're bringing back the really heavily influenced by that Gaelic experience there. And it's kind of ironic that you have the same thing happen later on with the kings of Scotland. They have to take like, uh, for instance, David the first takes refuge in Norman England comes back to Scotland heavily influenced by the Norman culture and that's where we see a lot of a lot of feudalism introduced into Scotland in fact getting back on track coming full circle here the Macduff Earls of Fife were one of the first ones to receive a feudal charter for what they had already held in a kin-based society and that comes from John Bannerman by the way so the Macduff Earls of Fife, they, they're branching off of this original family, this line of kings, of that, that they're the first line that become the kings of Alaba. And there was one in there named Du, or, or Duv, or Dub. Anyway, Duv became, uh, the, the sons of him became Macduv or Macduff, and they be, they're the Earls of Fife. And so they actually were very close kin to subsequent Scottish monarchs. And so, and they were premier among the earls or mormares of Scotland. Mormare was the earlier title before they started adopting the name of earl. So, and, and there's more to that. And you guys, some of you who are neck deep in this stuff, you're thinking, dude, you need to just quit over simplifying this whole thing. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm just trying to, trying to keep it some semblance of recognizable and simple and understandable for people who don't have a background of this. So... You got the Macduff Earls of Fife. They're kind of the premier earls in all of Scotland. They're the ones who are the conducting inauguration of Scottish chiefs. And I'm talking, we're in the 1000s, 1100s, this time period when this becomes established. And in the 1100s is when we have Shaw Macduff push north to suppress a rebellion in Murray. Now I'm I'm interested in looking more into that if that rebellion was the McWilliam. Um, and McHeths is how it's always spelled H-E-T-H McHeth the McHeths and the McWilliams rise up they're, they're principal kindreds from Murray and they they rebel against the Scottish throne and they're actually um, 
they're actually very close kin to the Scottish throne, and their claim is that we are the rightful heirs. And so the, the Scottish monarchs have to beat that down, and Shaw Macduff takes an active part in that, and it, it works out for the Scottish monarchs, and they suppress his rebellion, and Shaw Macduff is given lands up in that territory. And I wonder if we're looking at patterns throughout history here, later on when we have Robert, Robert Bruce succeed to the throne of Scotland. He remembers those people who rose up against him and, and gave him a hard time, and he confiscated territory from them, and those who supported him, he was equally just as vindictive as he was against the people who opposed him getting the Scottish throne. He was just as gracious to those people who had helped him get it. And so we see a huge shift in power. And I wonder if something similar didn't happen with Shaw Macduff as he's faithful and the Scottish monarch says, yes, I appreciate your help with this. I'm going to give you lands. And I wonder if some of those lands did not come at the expense of, of those who had rose, risen up in rebellion. But I'm just conjecturing there, really. Just speculating. So... Shaw Macduff establishes himself out there, and he has a son, also named Shaw, and now we're adopting this style of Macintoshich. Toshich would be the, uh, the, the head person, the principal, the first, the chief. Now, in one of the articles I was reading, and you got to forgive me, because I'm, while I'm preparing for these podcast. I've got my own personal laptop and I'm back here at my house using some sources I have already on my computer. And then I'm also um, in other locations on different computers and I'm, I'm looking at sources there. And so it's not all kind of all over the place with these sources. So forgive me for not being able to quote that. It's not very scholarly of me. But um, they were saying, well, they're thinking about this style, Macintosh, and which becomes Macintosh. And they're thinking, well, there's probably tons of, or, or several different people in the area who are chiefs of their kindreds. So why would this stick out? Well, they wonder if the reason he's styled son of the chief is because he is from the Macduff Earls of Five, who are the premier earls within the Scottish realm. And so that's a kind of an allusion back to the Macduff Earls of Fife background that this comes from. Anyway, we see this. This is where we see the Macintosh surname arise from. We have a Ferker Macintosh, the third chief, that the, they, they claim is the third chief here. We have Shaw Macintosh. We have another Ferker Macintosh, and then it is his son, Angus Macintosh, that marries Eva Hatton, and he succeeds to the chiefship of the Hatton clan. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, from the Macintoshes, we see significant branches establishing themselves as their own clans and as part of this new confederation of clans known as Clan Hatton. So now, at this, at this point, from, from the marriage of Eva and Angus Macintosh, we see that, um, th- that from this point on, that it's not, when we say Clan Hatton, we're not referring to a specific clan. Now we gain the current understanding of this clan as a confederation of kindreds who come together for mutual benefit. From the Macintoshes, we have <clears throat> we have one branch of the Macintoshes, uh, Slain Macintosh, who is a, a son of, well, no, Slain, uh, Slain was actually a daughter, 
forgive me. And Slain married Donald Cummin, and eventually from that line we have the Chiefs of Clan Davidson, or Clan Guy. Um, now keep in mind, they may have not chose to keep the name Cummin because the Cummins chose the losing side. I won't say it was the wrong side. Well, no, they they were, I wouldn't say they chose the wrong side. They were the losing side. If we recall, John Cummins was one of the principal claimants who opposed or contested Robert the Bruce's claim. And as far as I can tell, and I've mentioned this on previous episodes, John Cummins' claim to the throne was pretty solid, at least as solid as Robert Bruce's. And he was pretty steady in his choice of sides that he picked. Anyway, he lost. I think that's the main point. And it wasn't awesome to be a Cummin in the years following as as uh, Robert Bruce is cracking down as he's got got himself firmly established on the throne. So that may be one reason why this branch doesn't keep the name Cummin, but they're a, a joint a joining of these two kindreds, the Cummins and the Macintoshes. We have the, the Davidsons come from that. Now, from the actual line of Macintosh chiefs, we have the rest of the clan Macintosh, but we also have a branch of that coming off that become the... We have a Thomas, who is the son of Lachlan Macintosh, and we have from them the McThomases. Now, McThomas doesn't sound like that when you say it in Gaelic. Keep in mind that that when you turn the the name into a genitive form or showing possession, so it's son of, and you're dropping that H in there. Now, Thomas already has an H in there, the way it's spelled in the, in the Bible, and it's a biblical name. And so, so it's already got the ingredients. So what, what we're going to do in Gaelic is we're going to just gloss right over that T. So it sounds like Macomas. And so that's where we that's where you have in fact when I was in elementary school I had a crush on a girl named Lindsay McComas. So that's uh that's where you where you have some of those names come from. And so I know McThomas says I didn't give you a whole episode on this yet, so that might be a little bit disappointing, I'm sorry. But um but I did mention it and talked a little bit about where your background comes from. The McThomases are a branch of the McIntosh clan. And they settled down a little farther south, actually. The, the, the McThomases and the Fergusons, they, they push either farther south or farther east, respectively. So you have the McThomases settle in Glenshee, and then you have the... Um, I can't remember what the name of the Glen that the Fergusons settle in, but it's a pretty... They have what? What's that famous castle, the Fergusons? It starts with a B. It's not Blair Castle. It's uh, oh, it has the Highland Games, doesn't it? It has the uh, Balmoral, that Glen that Balmoral Castle's in. Maybe that's even one of the. It becomes a royal thing eventually. I don't know. That wasn't really part of the episode, and I'm not really trying to go into detail on any one of these clans. I've gone into a little bit more detail on the Macintoshes and their origins because they are the captains of Clan Catton. Sorry, McPhersons. That's just how it worked out. And and I'm not even saying that the McPhersons don't have a valid claim. I'm just saying it didn't work out like that. So you have the McThomases branch off of them there. You have the Clan Davidson that, that comes off of there. And then, oh, by the way, I said the word clan guy, and then I didn't give you this. That might be of a shortened version of, an agalicized version of David. So the Davidsons, clan guy, and that might, anyway, 
I'm, I'm going to start randomly if I go down that little rabbit trail I was about to do. The other, the other branch that comes from the Macintoshes are the Shaws and, and the Farkersons. So, or the Farkersons. That, that, that Farquhar, that weird spelling that they do back in the early days, that, w that was really just a Gallic name, Farker. And so, <clears throat> so that's where you get the, the, Farkers, the, the Farkersons, Farkersons. They come from John Angus, the first chief of clan Shaw. There, this is a, this is John, John, it just says John Angus. I'm just looking at this diagram on the Wikipedia article. First chief of clan Shaw. So you have clan Shaw that comes down the lines, they become the Shahs of Tordarach. And then a branch of that becomes the, the first, you have one of the sons of Alexander Shah, the fifth chief of Clan Shah, is Donald Shah. He's a younger son, does not get the chief the chiefship. His son is named Finla Moore, and that's that's Finla, or Finley. Moore means great in Gaelic. Then he becomes the progenitor of the Clan Farkersons. The Clan Farkerson. So there you have those two different ones. Now, I'm leave. I'm not gonna. the The, the Wikipedia article claims that also the McBeans and the McPhails were also blood kindred of the original Clan Catton, as the McPhersons were. McPhersons representing the senior line of that that group. Now the the uh, and then the, so the Wikipedia article kind of can contradicts itself here. It talks now about the third category, the people who become, the clans who become members of this confederation who were not actually blood-related to either the Macintoshes or the Clan Catton. And, and it gives as a list the Clan McGillivray, the McLeans of Dochgarach, the McQueens, the McIntyres of Badenoch, and the Clan McAndrews. Now, It, there it says it lists the Clan Davidson as one of those who don't have blood ties, yet on the diagram it lists the Davidsons as the result of a marriage between a Macintosh female and a Cummin male, and they end up not going with the Cummin surname. Anyway, and then it says here that the Davidsons were one of those who are not related to them. So, and once again, I've, I've tried to research some of the origins of these, and I, I cannot find a lot of scholarly things. The... Uh, the background on the McGillivrays is that they're actually a West Highland or a Hebridean clan that that move move east and settle up near clo closer to Inverness, where closer to where the Macintoshes are out of. Um, the let me just go back and give you a little bit more history. Angus Macintosh that marries Eva, the heiress of the clan Hatton. So the Macintoshes, there. Remember, Shaw Macduff has given lands up closer to Aberdeen. When the Macintoshes inherit the leadership of the Clan Catton, that that shifts, that moves them down southwest, closer to the west coast of Scotland, down the down the Great Glen, and, and farther down into what what later became Cameron territory that the Camerons took over from the Macintoshes, which starts sparks the whole feud. But originally. Angus and Eva, they settle in there in the Hatton territory, farther, you know, which is farther west than Inverness, far southwest. And it says in one of the earlier sources I read, and you can go back to the earlier episode on the feud between the Clan Hatton and Macintoshes, that the raids of the McDonalds to flee that the 
Angus and Eva push back toward original Macintosh lands. So, so they have that connection with the west, the west coast, and maybe in the Hebrides from those earlier years. So, I don't. There's not a. There's not a lot that I, a lot more I'm going to go to in detail on these specific clans. Um, maybe in the future that would be a great idea to do. So we have, so to, to recap what we've talked about, we've got the clan Hatton, which is originally just a regular clan. The McPhersons are a branch of that. The chiefship of that goes through marriage to Macintoshes, who are now styled captains of clan Hatton. And they have several branches of them. So you have maybe, maybe not Clan Davidson. You have the the um, the Shaws, the Fergusons, the McThomases or the McComases, and and then you have the the Macintosh clan, which once again Angus and Eva return. They settle up and they establish themselves with Moy Castle. Just south of Inverness, a little ways. I might, I might give a little bit of information more than I have done on the McPhersons to do them justice, because they were a principal party here. The McPhersons, <coughs> you get different stories on their origin, descended from Gillicatton Moor and where he was from, because, so he's a, he's a churchman, right? McPherson, I said, means son of the parson. And they come as a group. So you have a father, Gilchat and Moore, and you have these three sons of his. Now this time period we're talking about right after the Robert the Bruce succeeds to the Scottish throne. And what he has is these gentlemen who are loyal to him, he says, look, you can take any land you can conquer from the Cummins. Now the Cummins were established in an area called Badenoch. Now I'm, I'm not going to go over the ge- exact geographical limits of Badenoch, but it included the upper Strathspey. And by upper, I mean upstream. So that would actually take you farther south. Strathspey, the river Spey, empties into the Murray Firth. So it, it flows in a generally northward, slightly northeastern direction. And it, and it forms this valley right there. Now, and that is kind of the heart of Badenoch. And the Cummins were the principal clan in that area up until this happens. So Robert the Bruce says, I'll give you legal charter or legal sanction. Whatever you can take from the Cummins, go for it. So these three brothers and whoever they can get to follow them, and I think their dad, they push into there and they actually violently overthrow the Cummins in that area. And they take over this part. And so they are established now. And that's becomes McPherson territory is this upper Strathspey. And they, their, uh, their father, this Gillicatmore, becomes the parson of King Yusi. King Yusi. I think I'm saying that right. It's not King Gussie. King Yusi. I had to look that up, actually. And so they become established in that area. And that becomes McPherson territory. And with Gillicat and Moore being the parson of there, they become sons of the parson, adopt a surname McPherson. And so McPherson's, if I got that completely wrong, will you let me know in a very kind and loving way? Hey, brother, let's uh, let's point you to some sources that maybe you haven't seen yet. Otherwise, that's my understanding of the McPherson background. And, and they... And actually, for a few hundred years, they do not bother contesting the Macintosh's captaincy of the Clan of Hatton. It's not until the, was it the, I was, it's, it's a long time after the Macintosh, a long time after Angus Macintosh marries Eva 
and and gains that. It's like a couple or 300 years later that they start to have a big problem with this. And by that time, the Macintoshes have a lot of legal background and precedent that they can reach back on. And when it comes to taking it to court, the Macintoshes get it. And the McPhersons aren't happy about it. The McPhersons, there's different ways to look at this, and they might have a different way of telling that story. And so, um, but that's... That's more in the weeds. I think my, I, I've accomplished my goal so far, which was to give you kind of an overview of this major confederation of clans. When you think of the chief of Clan Macintosh as captain of Clan Hatton and the amount of armed men that he had access to, this was a big deal. As the Gordons, who their power seat is farther east, just out of the mountains, down as in the lowlands, what was originally called Strathbogie, but is comes to be named Huntley, the Gordon Earls of Huntley, they eventually acquire, and I think we're looking at the 1500s now, land to their west, which goes right into this area that we're talking about in the Highlands where the Macintoshes and McPhersons and all these other clans are settled. And it was important to them. It mattered to the Gordon Earls of Huntley where the loyalty of the Macintosh lay because this was a significant group of fighting men that he had at his beck and call. Now, McPherson's might be thinking, well, we weren't really at his beck and call because we can name times where we just decided not to fight. And there are there were major battles, like I think the Battle of Glenlivet. That's a cool battle I need to do an episode on sometime. But they, they were on opposite sides. So the McPherson didn't answer every beck and call. And so there's I just wanted to let you know there's two sides to the story. And I hope, McPherson's, you feel like I'm doing you right by at least acknowledging that, even if I don't have time to go way deep into detail. Anyway, I think, yeah, this is how it goes. I just read and read and read. And I come into these episodes with with a, a lot a lot more. I'm trying to keep these on closer to 30 minutes than to an hour. And so right now I'm at 38 minutes, which means I need to start wrapping it up. So I hope you've enjoyed this. And I hope if you come from one of these clans that make up Clan Hatton, that you, um, you found this useful because not everybody who comes there, there are some of you who have taken the time to really research this. And probably I, I didn't share a ton of new things with you, but there are a lot of you a lot of you who come from one of these backgrounds who haven't looked into it so deep, and so hopefully you can see that the, the different makeup of Clan Hatton and how the different groups are related to each other. You have the old Clan Hatton lineal group, you have the Macintoshes, and then you had the other guys that thought, you know what, this is a good idea, let's be a part of this group. And there you have it, Clan Hatton, ladies and gentlemen. Please, if you want to continue this dialogue, you, maybe you got something you need to straighten me out on or, or a further question that's pushed the conversation down the line a little ways, or you just want to give me a verbal high five or a written high five, whatever, You can we can continue this conversation on the Scottish Clans Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash clans of Scotland. Also, and if you go to that page, you'll find a, a link posted to this episode, and that will take you to the Podbean page. If you're on a if desktop computer, it'll take you to podbean.com. And if you are on a phone, then it'll take you to, it could take you to the Podbean app. And so there's another, which also has a mechanism for leaving comments and, and such. So I, I appreciate those of you who have done this already. I really do. And I hope that you'll forgive me if I haven't always been super prompt to respond but I, I it does it does matter to me 
when you make these comments. Whatever platform you're listening on, will you please leave a review for me? And I, and I read those, and I and I just want to make this better and better and better. And I do take your ideas to heart of what what I want to go into and study for the future. So, so uh, I appreciate that. And until the next episode. I look forward to having you with me then. Have a great day.